911 operator. My girlfriend, who's not pregnant, on her period, just had a baby. No, she did it in the bathtub. It's born. What do you mean? I don't know. I just met it. I don't know. Unplanned pregnancies are like zero zero point like point zero 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 one percent for a trans guy. Yeah. Welcome to What's Underneath, the podcast that will inspire you to accept the skin you're in and step into your most whole, powerful self. I'm Lily Mandelbaum, and sitting next to me is my mom, Elisa Goodkind, and we are the creators of Style Like You. In our podcast, we bring you the extended interviews from our video series, The What's Underneath Project, in which diverse role models strip down to open up and claim the power of the skin they're in. The first step to self-acceptance is being radically honest about the things you're ashamed of, and by listening to these stories, you are tapping into the healing power of vulnerability, truth-sharing, and the unshakable bravery to be yourself. You are giving yourself permission to recognize that you are completely beautiful and enough as you are. In honor of pride, this week's episode of What's Underneath is made possible with the support of Spring Health. Spring Health is breaking barriers to mental health by providing employers with a comprehensive and effective solution to employee mental well-being. Follow us on Instagram at stylelikeyou and at spring.health to learn more about our partnership and how you can join in on our mental health awareness campaign. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. We hope you're all doing well. We're really excited to be bringing you this new episode for Pride Month. Uh, It's the first time that we have done a couple uh, for What's Underneath where they are sitting next to each other, uh, each on a stool. You know, we've done a couple of others in the past where we've woven separate stories together, but in this case, they are sitting next to each other. And it's a incredibly intriguing and mysterious story of a trans man and a cis woman. Just this beautiful, beautiful love story that uh, is connected really deeply to, you know, the darkness um, of the of this past year and COVID and a lot of struggle and how they literally miraculously had a baby manifested they they think they manifested a baby it's just we don't want to give away the story we don't want to give a a spoiler alert because it's one of our more suspenseful stories that will definitely have you at the edge of your seat related to a pregnancy that Sid the woman did not know that she had she didn't know she was pregnant and we're not going to tell you more about how that came to be. But yeah, it's really just one of the most fascinating and and mind-blowing stories we've ever heard. And, and they are the dreamiest couple ever. They and dreamy, dreamy just because there's such an incredible spiritual alignment and compatibility and deep love that has not to do with control and has a lot to do with allowing the other person to be themselves and to and to be free and there is there they just have this really beautiful dynamic in that way and as a result you know, really have chosen to you know and are very committed to their relationship but this miracle that happened with the baby is the thing that catapulted the relationship and to their own and their own personal 
beings to a much bigger and different place in their lives. And it was something that they had to really step into very unexpectedly, but was but in a certain way, they were actually just waiting to be there. It was just one of those really beautiful, unexpected moments that life and the universe hands you at times. It was definitely this beautiful, beautiful light that came out of came out of the dark. And they are, you know, just thrilled to be able to provide the kind of love and acceptance to this child that they didn't, especially August, the the dad did not receive being a trans man and from from his own family and from his own childhood. And they're just such an example of uh, the beauty and the hope of the future in terms of evolution and progress and, and when it comes to acceptance of a, a child being brought up in a, in a home where they can, you know, it's about the child being whoever they want to be and not about what the parents want them to be. Uh, for me, I think it's, it relates a lot to, you know, possibly to how all of you are feeling. I know it's a way that I'm feeling right now where this past year with covid really had us going deep, deep down inside um, of ourselves and rethinking our lives and who we are. And, you know, even though we were really tight in these small worlds and limited in our movement, it really brought us to a place of great expansion in who we are and really expanding so deeply our spirits to way beyond, you know, the, the, the kind of busy and possibly potentially limited lives we were living before this. And now we're in this new world trying to figure out what is our place in this new era and this new era of having a greater understanding of our power and of who we are, you know, having had this really, really intense moment of having to face ourselves in ways that we had not before. With Sid and with August, they had this very dark time with COVID and, uh, you know, related to how Sid was pregnant and also to August um, having top surgery. And so I think on that level, this will be very inspiring to all of you because, you know, we're, we're pretty sure that you're probably feeling a lot of the things that we're feeling. And this is a very kind of chaotic, but at the same time, exciting and miraculous time in history that we're living through right now. Mm-hmm. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been rambling on, and I hope it makes sense. And we just send you this episode with tons and tons of love. And uh, of course, would like we, we wish we could give away more of the story, because but it's just you have to hear it from them yourself. It's quite amazing, you know, just how miraculous we human beings really are and if we if we choose to let go and allow the universe and love and grace to carry us and take some of the hands off the steering wheel what is waiting to manifest for all of us and that's you know so hard to do and especially when you're really scared and you're in a new world but it's the only thing to really do I think to to really know know who you are and to really live your purpose so we send you this episode and this little miracle uh, of a story with much love from us. Hope you enjoy. Can you each start by just talking about how you're feeling right now? I'm pretty nervous right now. Um, I've never been shirtless on camera, so I'm a little nervous about that. I'm just an incredibly body conscious person, raised that way. Mm-hmm. Just kind of hard to be and 
Although I'm proud of my scars, it's like just like one of those things that I still struggle with. I think I'm almost the opposite. I have always been, I ramble, I don't know really what, expressing my feelings has always been hard for me. You know, we're always talking kind of about, you know, how I'm feeling. And it takes a while for me to get to a point where I'm like, this is it, this is the feeling I'm feeling. And so I think that's, you know, it's almost the opposite. I've you know, had my body on camera a lot. So I think I've, I've built a confidence around that, but it's more, Getting my point across, I think, has is, is always been tough for me. Can you talk a little bit about how you met each other? Yeah. So um. the first time we met was actually nine months before the first time we met again. And I was going by a different name. Yeah. And I had blonde tips. Yeah. What was your name at the time? Leo. Yeah. Leo. 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 Yeah. He changed his name for from a few months. summer to Leo because there's this like group of lions in the Serengeti and they're female lions, but they're dosed with a lot of androgen in the womb. So they all had mates and I was like, that's me. That is me, I'm that lion. So I went by Leo um, for about three months and then I kind of felt like a poser. And it was just like this feeling of like introducing yeah, like myself and I didn't feel like I was actually introducing myself. And then I had a dream that my name was August. Um, that I like wrote a book about my life and I had renamed myself August. But so the first time that we had met. Yeah, you were Leo. And you were dating someone. Yeah, and they came up and, and swooped in and stopped the conversation yeah. real quick. But I remember the first time that we met, I remember looking at, I mean, looking at him and I was like, I don't really know what like your gender is or, you know, you're a girl or a guy or what. But I was like, but they're cute. Ooh. <laughs> but I was, you know, in a relationship and at the time, you know, I was like, oh, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but. Um, you know, it was a nice conversation. It's kind of like, why is this guy hitting on me? In, in the sense where I felt like almost, um, not like a poser, but I was like super gay. Or, you know, I was like- Well, it was like, just like, I was, uh, I was at a gay bar with yeah. all my like, you know, queer friends and I had started passing. I wasn't at a point where I recognized that I needed to come out and actually talking to you guys had kind of no, like, I realized that that's, that was the thing that I hadn't thought that I needed to come out. So it was like- That, you know, I would know without- you, you, thought, yeah. you thought that people knew. Yeah, I was like, I was still, you know, I just kind of thought that, I didn't realize things were gonna change You'd so You'd only quickly. been on T for- Nine months. Yeah. You know, so I just didn't like, I was passing almost before I got on T. Yeah. So like nine months on T, like just no one knew. And like no one in the queer community knew. Yeah. I had like, I had like six maybe pieces of facial well, hair. Well, I he literally, the first time we like made out, I remember him I being was like, like, why is her when, chin so hairy? No, like, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> oh, no, but I was, I, we were making out, and it was the first time I had like kissed someone in a minute, and we were making out, and I was like, wow, her chin is prickly. And then in my head, I was like, that's your chin, you, you dumbass. Like, that is not her chin. <laughs> You're like, prickly. That's my facial hair. Because <laughs> it was new. He was just such a gentleman that I was like, ooh, like this is the first, you know, boy good kiss. Good boy, boy I've kissed, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was like like one of our jokes. Like I was the first boy she kissed. Like, yeah, that was kind of like how we, yeah we we went through that. But it was like it was a good kiss. You were very forward. Yeah, which was unexpected because also incredibly shy. I was like, very you shy. Know, I think I spoke a few words. How I expressed myself was more almost in the beginning of our yeah, yeah in the beginning of our relationship. It was a lot more physical. Mm -hmm. um, and you know then eventually he was like, you have to talk to me. You got to talk to me. I don't have that much to say. You got you to contribute. <laughs> and now I don't shut up. But. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The first you know, few relationships I had, it was more about my appearance. Like they were like, oh, she's so pretty. But it wasn't about, they didn't want to get to know me. They just wanted the physical aspect of me. And so I never, I didn't really talk 
ever in any of my relationships. So when I met him, I was used to just kind of being this, you know, Quiet arm object, toy, partner. whatever, yeah. yeah, and arm candy, pretty much. And you still qualify. Okay. Uh, and so he was just like, you can't just, you can't just be a physical relationship. I don't want just a physical relationship. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, really? I, like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, and that was like one of the first points where he was like, if we want to go forward in our relationship, it has to be, you know, we have to talk. Yeah. And, and well, I want like, you know, friend. Yeah. And that like, really, you know, spend time together. Like I enjoy you, I enjoy your energy, but I want to like, I want to know you, you yeah. know, it wasn't like, I don't. And no, then, you know, was the first in, in all of my relationships, really, where I was like, oh, okay, like, you want to you get to know me. And then, you know, like, I talked. Can you talk about the <clears throat> assumptions that people make about you as a couple? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is that we're straight. <laughs> I think that there's, there's a privilege to that because yeah. there's the, you know, the, the outside world. But then there's also, like, the fact that you kind of lose your queer card because of it. And your community. And I your mean, community. It, that's where we struggle the most, is just kind of, I didn't expect the queer community because of how accepting, you know, they are um, to kind of- And empowering they can and be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just kind of left us behind the moment that we, I mean, the moment that you just were, it was The moment that we started dating, it was yeah. like, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, depending on, we always get the same reaction. When it's as a couple, everyone, the best way to explain it is when people ask Sid who she's dating and they say me, they go, that guy? Why? Why? <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean why? I'm like, great. He's so like, cute. cute. What do you mean? Yeah. Um, so the cis, you know, the straight, the cis thing is, is tough because, you know, we've lived that queer experience. You know, yeah. we've questioned who we are based off of what's appropriate or we what's seen as normal. We've we, still had to do, you know, yeah, all the things. Yeah, I had to come out. You know, twice. Twice. Yeah. Um, Who came out twice? He came out uh, twice. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I was... As gay. And then I mean, I was bi and gay and trans, and now I'm back to being straight. It's just <laughs> full circle. <laughs> but it's this thing that where, you know, that passing privilege is, is so conditionary that it really doesn't actually apply to your whole life. It just applies to how people read you. When we would go into the queer scene, it would kind of be... Um, we'd hear comments, you know, oh, why is this cis couple here? Why, this is an why, LGBTQ party. Like, yeah, why, why is this couple here? Why are these straight people here? And then yeah. after a while, I just turned around and be like, you know, the T stands for trans, right? Like, trans, queer couple. Yeah. It sucks to hear these things every time we go out. And it would be to the point where it would be an aggressive, like, them trying to lift his shirt up before he had top surgery, you know, because they were like, no, there's no way. Like, he, yeah, yeah. I got in a, like I almost we stopped going on queer spaces because I kept getting into like almost altercations because people didn't believe him. They were like, "What do you mean? You're you know, not trans?" And, yeah, and like I'm, I'm nice. I mean, that's just kind of how I. I'm nice. I just like I appreciate being nice to people, and I think that I'm nice. But I look like fuckboys, so people just assume I'm. a And they back. take his genuine energy as, as like, like him being a douchebag. I'm a douche, you know. And <laughs> they're like, like, "Oh, ew! Like what? You're genuinely complimenting me? No." But when it came to like queer spaces, I would get to the point where like, if I said, I went with my masculine friends, like I was just like, what's up, man? Like, how are you? You know, my yeah. name's this. And they would be like, well, I'm not, how dare you gender me and like get in my face and it'd be this whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I did, you know, this is how I would have said hi eight months ago when I wasn't fully passing, but now that I am, I can't say hi that way. So it's like a learning curve. The queer community was the thing that made me so 
so like content with being myself and, 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 and empowered me to become August and like gave me all of that. So when I became it and I felt happy to not really receive that anymore, almost the exact opposite to be rejected because of those things was really, it was, it was the last thing I expected. What about any assumptions related to parenthood, like now that you have a baby? We haven't gone as many, I think, because we haven't, you know, the world hasn't been as open, so we haven't gone yeah. out as much. But I think, I mean, it's more like we get a lot of weird Instagram comments and a lot of like, you know, like, oh, you are cis after all. Yeah, um, what kind of tea are you on? Like, yeah, on. like a lot of confusion, I think. <laughs> um, um, but we, you know, we just are perceived as like straight. No yeah. one, you know, is like, oh, that's, you know, a trans man. And, yeah, and I don't, you know, being a parent has been the best thing that's happened yeah. to me. So it's like that part, it just like doesn't even matter anymore. Like the, those yeah. things that we really struggled with before, they almost don't, they just like, just aren't that important because, you know, we are in a raised bow and like a incredibly accepting home. And yeah. I think that that has everything to do with the fact that we are queer. It's almost like the whole thing is a, is a, a test of, of, of your ultimate identity. It's almost like it's a test of like, well, I just am me and I don't have to tell anyone who I am. Yeah, exactly. I'm just dead now. This has just always been me. And, you know, as a female, I was too masculine to be a female. And now as a trans man, I'm too masculine to but, be a trans man. And it's like, yeah. but like being, being parents, like, no, I, like, I really just don't care yeah, about that exactly. anymore. Like, I'm just going to be a dad. I'm gonna, like, working on my daddy bod, you know, <laughs> just like being dad. He's <laughs> dad now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I get to be as weird as I want because like my kid is just like that's so another, obsessed with That's me. another thing that's crazy is that after he started passing, he couldn't like, people were like, why is this guy coming up and talking to my baby? Oh God, that hurts. Okay. When you like, are like, a baby lover and I have four little <laughs> sisters and like I love babies and puppies, I, it, we're creepy now. You yeah. know, and that sad. That was sad. That was like a sad thing to like realize that I can't go make like, faces I had to almost at the six be like month old near and, him every time. He'd be like, "Oh, I want to say hi to this cute baby." I'm like, "Okay, let me be around you so that they're not like." <laughs> That's like a privilege you lost in yeah. the transition. Yeah. Exactly, and like I never realized that, but it re it really is a thing. I felt like in my transition, I lost the benefit of the doubt that I'm coming from a good place. Yeah, like I lost that, and that was a yeah. huge thing because that that attached is to. The baby thing and saying hi to puppies, which I yeah. can't control myself. Oh my gosh, myself. she has to say hi to every I have to puppy. say hi. And, you know, and like learning to cross the street when there's a girl walking in front of me because I don't want to make her uncomfortable and yeah. learning all of these new things. But also like complimenting someone is, is you know, like why, why is he complimenting me? Is he complimenting me because he's a creep or is he complimenting me because he actually likes my shoes? So can you talk a little bit about your journey becoming parents? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's so. a crazy story. I think pro probably the craziest part of our relationship thus far. <laughs> Not anything. No? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was always part of the plan, but. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, so the, the, the master. Oh, there's, there's this thing where like, I'm 26. I'm three years older than Sid and it's 23 or I'm about to be 27. Like I yeah. was so not ready to make that decision or make that commitment. And in our relationship, we'd always had a very like healthy conversation about like, okay, yeah. you know, she wasn't sure if she wanted to be a parent. I was sure that I wanted to be a parent, but yeah. I didn't want to not be a parent with her, but I wanted to give her time to figure out that's something that she desperately, like she really wanted. Yeah. And so, we had had, you know, conversations about like our future and, you know, how 
we did want kids and when we would want kids and just and kind of like I want you to have a family and if that means I'm you know Auntie Sid donate my eggs like you know how you can have my kids I didn't want <laughs> I, but I didn't want to pressure so it was always this like yeah. kind of like we've Joke, been dating three like, years and see. we were in the way where we wanted to give each other like I wanted to make sure that that we were ready and yeah. I think the universe was like hey y'all ready but yeah. In like a way where it was like we wanted to, like, you know, like you know what I'm saying, babe. Yeah. We yeah. we were waiting for her to be ready to take that next step. You know, I think quarantine also. We had such baby fever. Such baby quarantine. fever. It was like, insane. and it was always something for me where I was like, I never wanted to be a bad mom, and I felt like, especially during quarantine, I was in such a deep depression that I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be fit to be a mom, and it was just this like fear that I had. From like an outsider's perspective, Sid and I really struggled during quarantine. Um, we were happy together, but we were really struggling. Just like, you know, it was hard. It was hard. It was like, we we're in downtown. I'd been laid off. You Sid had been laid off. You couldn't work really anymore. because I had gotten top surgery, and so there's all that like post-surgical depression with yeah. healing and giving yourself time and we'd both gained you know a little bit of weight so we had no idea Sid was pregnant no um, I, I had no you know I had no idea I was pregnant I mean she was I, wearing crop tops like there was no I idea. was doing photo shoots I was modeling I was you know there are pictures of me 20 days before I gave birth and she's and still on her period still um, having my period and which is called a cryptic pregnancy listen to podcasts two days before. Yeah. Wait, wait, you had listened to podcasts about cryptic pregnancy? Yeah, so yeah the, like the two day days before. that she went into labor, I had listened to a podcast um, that covered this one like teenage girl who had five pregnancies yeah. within like three years. And they're called cryptic pregnancies, and there's two different kinds. There's one where the family, the mother's able to hide it from the people she's closest yeah. to. So no but there's, there's another where the pregnancy actually is hidden from the mom. Yeah. Um, and they don't know, and your body and kind it's of usually has as a, a result of a traumatic event. Yeah. And so you know the pregnancy was a product of an assault that happened. That was something that I really didn't want to live with, and I think that was why it was something that I really tried not to think about. It was something that I, I kind of never expected to happen to me, and I think I lived with that kind of like. I never, you know, no one wants that to happen to them. So it was, it was just this. Almost wishing that it didn't, like, almost wishing that it didn't. Yeah, almost wishing that it didn't happen because it was something that, you know, August was going through so much as well with his top surgery. We were leaving for top surgery, you know, in the next few weeks. My top surgery had, like, just been canceled. And rescheduled. For like, the second time. He'd saved so. for four years and it was just kind of almost this, like, I can't let anything happen. And because I was still having my period and still, you know, having all of these, you know, normal, bodily things i was like oh, okay like there's you know there wasn't any reason for me to think about it at the time of the assault like i wasn't in a place where we were in a good place but i was like just kind of holding on there's my, so much my other surgery things was going to happen and, and that was like right when the shutdown was happening it was right when um blm started it i was, really I was like, you know go-go dancing and like you know making ends meet to like you know support our life this was the assault like before the pandemic like right before it was right like, before really that it, it started shutting down yeah you know? it, it was, was like, like it had started but it was like you know more in like the first few months of it i stopped going out the moment after and he noticed that like i, I never left the house i pretty much sat on the couch and binged tv shows and you know feel good tv and just kind of we just kind of chopped it up to like not getting exposed before but, surgery. There was always just like a perfect reason. Wait, so can you talk about that? Was there any part of you when that was thinking about telling him or like, was it conscious? Like, were you having a conscious 
there, thought process around that, or had you blocked? I pretty much blocked it out completely. I didn't. I didn't think about it once until Bo was born. Like honestly, and that's when it kind of like came back, like bursting out. Where I was like, oh my god. And that's something that I think about a lot. Is like I know Sid, and you know everyone has their right to choose. And I've always known that Sid's pro life for herself. Yeah, and always, like just for her been, own body. You know, and my own body. Yeah. So it didn't really matter where it come from. But if she had known, she would have done everything in her power to take care of yeah. the child. Yeah. Because that was, you know, that was her beliefs and that was where, where and we were going. So I, you know, I, I blamed myself a lot after the birth too, because it was like this, I, I fucked up. Like I didn't do what I could have to, you know, host this child inside of me. And so because of that, like there was a lot of blame with, with that as well. And so, but you know, before, there's no idea, like I had no idea. I mean, especially because as you know, like I never slept with a cis man. I, I literally wanted to pretend that never happened to me. And my you know, mind did that. It just was like, this never happened. Yeah, and, and I think I was, I was super focused on like. There's so many distractions that kind of made it. So much else yeah, was happening, so much was happening in, in, the, in the world and in, in our lives and just kind of and maybe, gave this perfect disguise for it, but also something that I could almost like hide behind where I was like, I don't have to think about it. And yeah. you know, if I had shown while I was pregnant or if I had, you know, if there were signs of me, I would have probably realized sooner. I had scheduled a doctor's appointment that got kept getting pushed back. So I would have found out if I had gone to the doctor, mm -hmm. but it got pushed back until, you know, March mm -hmm. and I had the baby in January. And so it was just- Yeah, it was like three different times that it got pushed back. Like it was you know, no just a prime, you know, like not anything, like just Major, a checkup. Just like so they were like, oh, hey, right you know, skin. there's so much with COVID. Yeah. Um, and I'd been calling my mom too and being like, something's not right. Like I've, I've never been suicidal. I've always been depressed, but I was never like, since I was raised in a religious home, you know, I was never gonna kill myself doing it myself, but it was almost like this, will to live had left. I have never been this depressed and this, you know, suicidal ever before where I was like, you know what, it, it might just be better if I'm not around anymore to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And and he would notice that because like- I wouldn't leave the house. Yeah. Not, with, not without her. And so how long was that? Yeah, how long was that? When did that begin, the depression? And like, how long did that last? Pretty much immediately. Yeah, pretty I saw, much right after it happened. I saw like a pretty significant change. Like as, as like we said, like we were preparing for top surgery, but like the person that was gonna come with me bailed last minute. I had to find a replacement. My surgery had been moved. So mm -hmm. I lost, you know, the deposit on the place that I had. So there's all of these other things and then quarantine and BLM and the pro like, you know, all the protests and the movements and being in downtown and having an yeah. anxious dog, it was like everything was, it was a perfect storm to make yeah. it disappear. For me, I had like blinders on because I had struggled so much with my chest. And he had at some one point just kind of been like, I'm gonna call your mom, like something's not yeah, right. Yeah, like I was really worried about her kind of, and like the, it got a lot worse after we had gotten back and I started to feel better. And I really like kind of like, wasn't that I wasn't noticing, but yeah. you know, I, was like, you don't seem like yourself. Like, yeah. What's going on? Talk to me. She's like, I'm just really depressed. I don't feel like me. And I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't explain why. You know, it was like this. Like I don't, I don't get why I'm feeling this way. I don't was, get why. Yeah, and I was always kind of like, it's okay. Like we're in like an unprecedented moment in history. Like you get to feel whatever you're feeling. Pregnant ladies who know they're pregnant feel crazy. So yeah, I can't and there was like this, this crazy where I was like, you know, I'd never hit like rock bottom like that where I was like, I'm. I have never been this depressed and this, you know, suicidal ever before where I was like, you know what, it, it might just be better if I'm not around anymore to feel this way.
And my mom was kind of like, oh, well, it's because you're not working. You're not around people. You're not, you know, experiencing the things that you used to. So you're, you're, you know, depressed because of that. And I was like, well, no, there's definitely something that's like, you know. Something different that you can't like, it was, she was just like, I just, I feel like heavy and not like myself. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We wanted to take a moment to remind you that if you're moved by what you're hearing, you can watch the video version of this interview on our YouTube channel and learn more about how you can join in our mental health awareness campaign with Spring Health by following us on Instagram at stylelikeyou and at spring.health. Now back to this episode. Wait, also, so just you literally right before the labor had watched, had listened to this podcast about cryptic. Yeah. Two days were you, Thursday. The day before. I went into labor. Yeah, so we were driving back from, and I listened to true crime podcasts, All okay? I started listening to this one that was about pregnancies and it was about cryptic pregnancies. And we are driving back from Temecula two hours, two hours talking in the car. shit and I start about how, like, <laughs> Noah, how could she not how? know she's not pregnant? There's no way. She definitely knew. She they knew. knew. Oh, God. Like, I've watched my mom be pregnant. There's no way that they didn't, that mom did not know. Yeah. Just like, and not in like a mean way, just been like, come on. Like, no yeah. way. And I remember, like, 15 minutes before we got home, I was like, oh my God, like what is You had been pain? complaining about your hips Yeah, hurting, I was like, I, I was can't like, get comfortable. What's happening? I was like, oh, I must be starting my period. Like well, it's the, that, you know, end of the month. And you were spending a lot of time in the car, which you hadn't yeah, done before. Yeah, and I was like, maybe it's just does, like that. Like your hip and your back's hurt and like you're in like a seat, you know, like, but she was like, oh God, my hips hurt and like yeah. my back hurts. And then she's like, I must be starting, you know, the period from hell because my periods yeah. have been light. And so we were, you know, and then we got out of the car and she's like, oh yeah, I started my Definitely period. Started my like, period. Yeah. And not really thinking anything of it, but like, you know, the cramps, they all just like, you know, in my head was like, oh, it's a period. You know, yeah. it's not me going into labor about to give birth. And like my previous life, I had really bad periods. Yeah. And like my sisters all had them. And like, the, you know, like it was like horrible, like almost like, you know, like just moments of like a ton I took of, a couple like, ibuprofen. Yeah, I, you like, took you a, know, like a smoked a bowl. I was like, I'm fine. You're not going to survive. Like, I gave her I just back get massage. The couch. Yeah, I was like, give me a massage. Yeah, she's like, give me a massage. I'm like, <laughs> all right. So we're just like, you know, dealing with it as it's like a super gnarly period after having a bunch of light ones thinking that like, you know, you're just like, yeah. it's coming back to get you. Um, that yeah, was not So they had been like unusually light prior. They'd been She's lighter, light. but I'd always, always had like light. But it's still like almost like have a little pain too, like cramping and stuff. So it's like, oh, you know, and it had slowly as I'd gotten older, gotten worse. So it was like, okay, like I'm just getting yeah. older. Uh, also with like the weight gain, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, my, you know, my metabolism's finally quit. Like I'm yeah. just gonna, you know, like, this is it. This is the end of my youth. Um, <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It was yeah. And and so, you know, August had always talked about, you know, his four or five sisters and um, and they all had you know, gnarly periods too. So he was like, take a bath. You know, taking a bath always helps. And I love baths. Um, and so that morning, Saturday morning, um, tossing and turning all night. I like hadn't slept at all. I'd gotten up, you know, take more ibuprofen, go back to sleep, sleep for like two hours. And the cat kept, you know, like, pawing at me and it was just like hey he, knew. <laughs> he he did know it was, he, it was knew. he doesn't like closed doors anymore no he, he won't knew. let us close so i went yeah. and took a bath i'm in the bathtub um probably like 6 30 a.m you were sleeping he was sleeping i was sleeping yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. not used to waking up any you know I'm earlier not, at the time yeah, i am now yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was like sleep till 11 and it was most days uh but and the cat woke me up licking my face yeah. he was like dude you gotta get up yeah, um, and and I was, you know, like, oh, you know, and, and at the time, too, with the depression thing, 
there's this feeling where I was, you know, in a lot of pain, but it was almost like, oh, I'm dying. Like, this is it. And I wasn't going to call for help. That was just, you know, I didn't call for help. I didn't make a sound oh, the whole died. time. Um, she got in trouble for that, though. Yeah, yeah. He, for he not was calling like, for help. You did not call me for help. You cannot think you're dying in a bathtub and not call for help. Yeah. It's like a house rule now. Yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that I apparently have a really high pain tolerance because mm-hmm. I think the only thing I really, I was just cussing under my breath, like, oh, what the fuck is this? What is happening? And so, yeah, the cat woke him up and he knocks on the door and he's just kind of like, I knock on the door and I was like, you know, the day before she'd had such a gnarly period that she was in the tub and made a mess and she didn't want me to come in. So I was like, you know, so I knocked today. I was like respecting the fact that like, you know, maybe she doesn't want me to see what's going yeah. on in there. Um, and so I knocked and she's like, don't come in. Yeah, I was very like, firm, like just okay. don't come in. I gotta pee though. Like I really gotta pee. Can you like, you know, hurry it up? Cause I gotta go. Um, 7.25 I think I waited like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then I was like, I heard a cry. You're lying in the bathtub, and waiting. what happens? Yeah. I'm taking a bath, and I had what's called an on-call birth, so my water never broke. Another reason why, you know, I never went to the hospital. I never knew I was having a baby because I never had, you know, like my water break. And so she came out in like a, a human sack. I look down, and I'm like, "There's a head coming out of my vagina." Like I have had what, and and it wasn't like a head because it, it was the sack, but it just looked like I was like, "There's something happening." Organs. Organs coming out. A baby, I don't know. And so I was just like this animalistic, like, you know, put my hips up and just like pushed. And, you know, my I'm propping myself up and she's, you know, coming out of out of me. It was like right when he knocked was when I saw the head almost. And it was like the don't come in. Like I don't I'm I don't need, I need you to figure to come out what's right going now. on. Yeah, it was like right. I have to figure this out first before you come in and stress me out because I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, and so, yeah, I just like put my hips up and I just pushed and out came this like ball of a baby in, in this like human sack and I, and the water broke then. So like, but she fell in the tub, I pulled her out, the water broke. And that's when she just like opened her eyes and looked at me and went, whack. Just one. And just I was like, one. <gasps> like, what's happening? Like, it was like, it all hit me in that point And I was like bawling. I was like shaking. Um, you know, still tethered to me, blood mm-hmm. everywhere, and and that's when he... So I, like, heard the cry, and knowing what a baby sounds like, having so many little siblings... And all our like, animals were like, what the fuck was that? Where'd that come from? So I, like, got up and went to look in the hallway for a baby, <laughs> because I was like, that is a weird... I didn't think it was coming from my apartment. Yeah. No, why would I think that? Like what? Unplanned pregnancies are like zero zero point like point zero 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 one percent for a trans guy. So I like walked into the living room and then I I heard it again, but this time a lot closer. Yeah, I'd like come out of the bathroom. I'd wrapped a towel around her. She was three pounds when she was born, so she was teeny tiny. But she looked normal. Like she didn't look like a preemie. She looked like a full term baby, but just like the size of a potato. Like just like this tiny. And I'm like, oh, a potato. Like a little, like 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 a sweet potato, Jinx. So it just, that's part of like why it could just like slip out. Like it yeah. wasn't that hard to like. Yeah, and I hadn't delivered the placenta yet either. So it was kind of like, you know, just one step. What I didn't, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like I, that was how much I knew about pregnancy. I was like, I have to do more of this. Um, I'm in the hallway. It's like a horror movie because he just turns around and I'm like, I had a baby. It just hands me the child. And, you know, still attached to me. Like I'm just like, and I don't think I blinked for hours. Like I was just like. And I mean, I was like bawling, but I, it, was, it was just such a- Her eyes were real wide and- Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was like really this, like I have to, I have to leave the bathroom. 
because there's no way I could stay. Like part of me was like, can I just stay in here? Can I like never leave? Not see so August just, right now. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm, I I come out and I just tried to hand him the baby, and he's like, and and yeah, his first <laughs> my first reaction wasn't like as nice as it could have been. He so, was like, a, so you cheated. What? What else am I supposed to think? I mean, you know, immediately I was like, okay, sit down. I'm gonna call. You're gonna sit down. The baby's crying. That it's means she's sign. okay. Are you okay? I'm gonna call 911. 911 operator. My girlfriend, who's not pregnant, on her period, just had a baby. In her bathtub. What? No, she did it in the bathtub. It's born. What do you What do you mean? I don't know. I just met it. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I just need. And we live across the street from the hospital, luckily, but yeah. They, yeah, were very confused. The, the paramedics, paramedics came, came. There were probably like you know eight, eight paramedics of them, yeah. in our one bedroom apartment that was was set up for. I don't two know why there's always so many. Um, yeah, there. I had a stripper pole in the yeah, living room. Yeah, a stripper like, pole, and a, you know our TV was really close to our couch, and then it was you know not super was, clean, yeah. and our dog uses PP pads, and that hadn't been cleaned up yet because it was eight in the morning. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they just kind of lifted me up and took me away. Yeah. They lifted you onto like a stretcher. Yeah, yeah. and just still holding the baby and just After you know, put an IV in and, and took me away. And then, uh, After yelling at you, let's hear about that. Uh, they were not happy with me when they showed up because the, I was the boyfriend who didn't take his girlfriend. Who's the neglectful boyfriend, boyfriend. Who didn't take his girlfriend who's having a baby in their bathtub to the hospital. Because no one believed me that I had slept through her having a baby, yeah. but I hadn't slept through her. I was awake, she just didn't make a sound. Yeah. There was just no noise. Like, and I am one of those people where I hear a knock and I say, are you okay? You know, it was yeah. not something that I and ignored. I, yeah, I mean, just like the fact that I just recently was diagnosed with APS, which is like autophospholipid syndrome, yeah, which is yesterday. like a very, yeah, literally yesterday, yesterday I got a phone call. And the fact that I'm alive and Bo's alive is like a miracle pretty much because that Practically is unheard an of. autoimmune system. Um, it's an autoimmune disorder, yeah. so it like attacks your blood cells and creates blood, blood clots. clots. And we're yeah. new to this, so this is you know, very quickly WebMD'd, but um, it normally results in pregnancy loss. Yeah. Um, and so this was like, or you know, Especially loss like of undiagnosed, for the mother. Um, I also was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. So like all of these blood you know, things that are coming up, that's like the fact that she was okay. And the fact that, you know, I didn't die during childbirth. having The fact that you bled for two days. Yeah, I didn't, them. you know. But then, is that related to why you didn't know she were pregnant or it's yeah, unrelated? Yes. Oh, yeah, my, are super related. My placenta was, you know, really 60% small, viable and, and the size of what a 28-week-old baby would. So it wasn't growing anymore. No. And that's why Bo was like, Three hey, guys, I need some more. I need some more oxygen. I need some more nutrition. I'm going to pop out. Yeah, because um, if she had stayed in full term, she wouldn't have made it. So then you get to the hospital. Yeah. What do people start explaining? Like, are you like, what the fuck? Someone tell me what just happened. But we didn't have any answers. Yeah, it took us a while to kind of Convince find the them. answers, and and you know we we didn't have any time to talk, so there wasn't any you know answers of how the baby came in, you know, possibility or or why or any any you know how did you not know you were pregnant? But this plays into like our heterosexual appearance. Yeah, where it's like they didn't. And think and because that this would be it was impossible. COVID. We didn't want to say that he wasn't the biological dad because he would have, you know. They I might didn't have, want to get kicked out of the hospital, yeah. so we didn't tell him. We were like, we had a baby. I didn't know I was pregnant, you know. And they kind of like treated us like drug addicts. Yeah. They were like, what did, you know, I don't drink, but no I was other. smoking weed. And so they yeah. were like, you know, oh, they were like, oh, you're, you're just neglectful. 
don't drug care addicts. about your kid kind of like for the first week, which was really hard because obviously that's not who we are, and, but that's you know, not They didn't know the whole story, so it wasn't like we could, you know, it was just kind of this living in the reality that they'd painted for us and this like almost proving to them that we weren't those people. And by the end of the first week, we had turned everyone around already. Yeah, because we were, you know, I was in the hospital for, I think, four, three or four days three, after. Three, yeah, you got um, Monday. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Came on Tuesday. Uh, um, yeah, but it was like, I mean, it was pretty. It was crazy. It, it was, was super traumatic. There were so many doctors I mean, that took the baby away right away. So There was no answers. You know, I had yeah. gone up to the I didn't NICU. know if she was okay necessarily. Like, mm. you know, they were like, we don't know the gestational age. We don't know why she looks so normal, but she's so small. Um, we, we don't know if she got water, you know, having a baby in a bathtub isn't necessarily sanitary. So, um, <laughs> it's not cool. you know, they painted, a, you know, like this, like, we don't know, we don't have answers for you. Yeah, they didn't really tell us much. They didn't really feel like we deserved answers at that point. Yeah. I was still blaming myself a lot. I still hadn't really come to terms with what had happened. So it was like almost like this, yeah, I cheated. And, and when I explained exactly what had happened to him, he was kind of like, um, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand what, and I was like, well, that's what happened. I, 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 I don't know. I just kind of, it was like, I was still making myself out to be, you know, I didn't, it was like, almost like I was, I didn't want to be the victim of something so like this. Bad guy. So I'll be the, you know, like this, I let this happen. And wait, so did you immediately, did the memory come back that you had shut down, like, immediately? Yeah, it had come back, and I think it had come back when I saw the baby, honestly. It was, like, all oh, this rush of emotion where I was, like, and it was, like, where, 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 and then I was, like, oh, like, this, connecting almost the dots of where she'd come from, and then I was, like, you know, I was, like, oh, my God, if I had the Virgin Mary, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> baby Moses. Uh, little, yeah, baby Moses, baby Jesus. Um, Jesus, yeah. Yes. Oh, I mean, Moses, too, wonderful. Um, but yeah, it was almost this, uh, I, I still was blaming myself because I had all these feelings of like, I, I feel like society puts you in this, like, oh, you were drinking. Oh, you were in this, you know, setting, like you let this happen. Oh, you were just this way. I, I had like this feeling of resentment for not, you know, taking care of this kid, you know, baby too, where I was just like, this is all my fault, you know? And, um. So, you know, when he first asked, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I cheated or whatever, you know, I just kind of was like, I'm coming to terms with this reality instead of the actual. So it was still kind of distorted in a way. The first question that I asked her when I saw the baby, she right. owned that it was her yeah, fault. Was she, like, said, or she said that it was her fault. And I mean, my heart was broken. Yeah. There's not really another way to say it. Severely, I was pretty shattered. I couldn't yeah. even look at her for the first like 24 hours. I was dead. And you know, he called my mom, he called his mom, he called, you know, and, and the first few people that he talked to were like, My best friend was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I know Sid, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like, that, I know you too, that doesn't, like, that doesn't make sense. And, and I, I felt the same, and, and my mom had spent 10 days with us during yeah. top surgery, and she was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was having morning sickness the whole time, and I, you know, um, there were all these little breadcrumbs that led to that, that he was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you smelled like a baby. You, but there um, was this, you know. Had, you, were, you were morning. I was morning sick. I had morning sickness yeah. the whole time that he was. I mean, she would. Okay, so they said that the world's smallest person. Yes. And so <laughs> when she would wear clothes that would only fit Sid, she looks pregnant. 
But yeah. only those clothes. Like, so God. like, you know, she couldn't wear her double zeros. She had to wear just the zero and she yeah. ended up pregnant. So we were, we had like some funny pregnancy jokes. Where that I was like, God, around. I'm gaining all this weight in my ass. Like Immaculate yeah, conception like, jokes. I can't wear any of these pants. I can't do this. I'm just gonna wear sweatpants. And mm-hmm. like, you know, because I was already wearing a lot of sweatpants. Because, but I was, because you hadn't gained weight before, you just figured like, oh, I gained weight to in a way where it makes me look pregnant. Yeah, where I was like, just I was like, like I've never had, you know, I have like, like, you know, abs and I was like, it's like weight under, I don't know, I was like, oh, trying to find all these explanations for why I was getting weight in this way. But, you know, it wasn't enough weight where I was like, this is a baby. And, and because she was so small, you know, I wasn't like, it wasn't like she was kicking or anything, you know, signs that would make sense like that. Too. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, that first day was like, I mean, really I can like remember it almost moment to moment and yet it's also a blur. Yeah, it's the same for, for me. I think it was just this, I I felt really alone, I think the first day, like even though, you know, he's checking in on me, it was like this, I had a baby, I'm gonna lose you, you know, in this like um, way where I was just very much like, that was the last thing I wanted in this moment was like he was the only person that I wanted to talk to. And, and so I felt very alone, like in the hospital and I don't like hospitals in general. So it was like, I just remember being in this room, like, you know, counting down, you know, when he would come and visit next almost and like calling. I talked to my mom, I talked to people that, you know, just letting them know I had a baby, but it was just like at the end of the day, I was like, all I want is for, you know, talk to you and figure this out. And there was no pressure to, like, I was like, I know this is a lot, but like take your time and figuring out what, how you want to go forward. And yeah, I mean, and, like, I think that you, you, you give yourself a little grace period after a moment like that. But yeah. About halfway through the day, I had called a friend who came over and, and he brought his girlfriend at the time. Um, and she was a monster. Yeah. And she pretty much told me that there's no way she didn't know she was pregnant. She should have gotten an abortion. There's no way that we could raise this child. When they always report their assaults. We need to put this baby up for adoption. And you're it, unfit to be parents. It was just this. Just this. all of this, like, judgmental. I know, I know what happened based on, because I'm a woman that there's no way that she's being honest with you. Yeah. And I had the feeling already that she had, you know, it wasn't, when she told me the story, I kind of like was like, mm, that doesn't sound like it was consensual. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound like, how'd you do it? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't do it that way for the, you know, like the first time you just, like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. And so there was like being, I was defending the person that I knew but I'd kind of like in all of that craziness forgotten and like was just kind of like letting myself be heartbroken. And then I think like having that confrontation with this girl really led up, led me back to sit because it was it like- was this realization of almost being like, well, that's- That doesn't make, like, doesn't you're make right, sense. it doesn't and make sense. Like none of it She's not that sense. person. Like, you know, like- And everyone was kind of saying it, you know, my mom was like, yeah, you know, I talked to Sid's father and I was just kind of like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, like, that was like not... day three, you know, yeah, like Sid's three. mom had flown in to town um, the next day, mm-hmm. the next day. The yeah, day the after, next day. The next day. Um, and we were driving back to the airport and I was like, I don't think Sid cheated. Like, I'm pretty sure she was assaulted. And she just was like, that's the first thing I said to Sid's father. Like, not, none of this makes sense. And it was kind of almost like letting Sid know that, that, it was okay that that's what happened and that like we're almost here for her and like you know it's not you know obviously deal deal with it on your own terms and come to terms with it in your own way but you, 
you don't have to just take the blame for this whole situation because it's just not your fault. Yeah. And like, it was super clear after moving past the shock and the trauma yeah. of it all. And I think finally, once we were able to talk about it, that's when it really came, you know, like where I was like, this is, that wasn't yeah. consensual. Like, well, this and is like after happened. after that conversation with that girl, we I'd gone back to the hospital to just vent about it because I was pissed. I was like, "How dare you come over on the hardest day of my life and make it harder?" Yeah, like you don't you don't know me well enough to do that. No one should do that to anyone, but no. you know, it did. It's this crazy thing, but it brought me back. And and I, I you know I was talking to Sid, and I was like, "So what do you need right now?" And she's like, "I need you to sit next to me." Yeah. To just have you and I was like, I know this is a lot to ask of you, but like right now, I just need you to like, I just want to like hold. Yeah, I just need you to hold me, and and, and so did. I did. Yeah, and it was exactly what I needed. But uh, and again, it was just this. There's no pressure. I was like, you know, you don't have to be a father figure. You know, you don't. Have she to be was the only one asking. Not she was the only one not asking me what I was going to do. Yeah. It was like, I wasn't like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, what you, you don't have do? to stay, you don't like, have to you leave, mean? you don't have to do anything. Like, you can decide later. I just need, wow. you know, you hear I that's need really, someone to talk to. That's really love. It is. And, you know, I think that every moment that we've had, like, a almost breaking point in our relationship where we're like, do we go forward? There's just always been something that, you know, pushes us back together and makes us stronger in a relationship. So we've been tested a lot in, in our in our lives and in our relationship, but there was like this meant to be factor yeah. that came to like when I met Sid the first time and then through wait meeting Sid the second time. And all the time weird and coincidences and yeah. everything is just it I just can't imagine. Kind of felt that way. We've always said if we didn't work out in a relationship, there I can't imagine a future without him in any capacity in and a lot of friendship that, or in yeah, a but but it just feels <laughs> like, you know, you know, a lot we're of like we're gonna be like, neighbors and we're gonna but, do this. But um I mean, he was like, that's my kid. We manifested her. Yeah. I mean, I was in there and she was under an incubator and she was the tiniest thing that you'd ever seen. And I like put my hand in there to touch her and she held onto my knuckle and that was it. I was sold. You know, I remember when he came in, he was like, you know, how are you feeling? And I was like relieved. Like, I don't feel crazy anymore. Like I was having, you know, prepartum depression, but then it was like, you know, postpartum. I was like, I feel like myself again, which is something that I hadn't felt in, you know, eight months of, of, you know, life. of life. Yeah. So it was something that like, it, it made so much sense why I was feeling that way that it really explained everything. And then I was just happy again. Like I was happy. I was terrified because it was like, you know, having a baby, but also an unplanned baby. So having to kind of go through all the steps of parenthood. But she was doing so good though was from yeah. the beginning that they were like, they were very impressed. They were like, I don't understand it, but she's doing very well. Yeah. She was off oxygen and, and like the first week few weeks yeah I think the first week it was just like yeah it's like rainbow shooting out of my eyes I was just so happy and relieved and then once we got to actually you know hold Bo and get to know Bo as she was getting you know bigger and bigger and it was I don't even know how to describe it I'm still I'm just like I'm a crazy person I'm like oh my gosh I love her so much so can you each talk about how having the baby how Bo has changed you there's this overwhelming love that she just kind of brought forth. And it sounds as corny as it could possibly do it, but like she's just, she's just perfect. And like, she just fits perfectly. Bo really gave me a voice again, which is something that I, I'd lost really during COVID and, and during this, you know, patch of not knowing that I was pregnant. And 
I could talk to random strangers. Like I remember my mom having to push me being like, you have to go talk to that person. And I was like, no, don't make me talk to them. As a kid. As a kid. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, as an adult too, honestly. <laughs> as an adult. Um, <laughs> but now it's just like, I see someone and I'm like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. Like, look at my baby. Look at this. Or, or you know, people. Yeah, you, have this, you have this confidence that you didn't have before. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like I always felt this, like if I wasn't, if I didn't look good, almost like this fear of going out because I was like, I don't, you know, look like that was the only value that I really yeah, had. Your appearance was your value. Cause you know, I, I didn't talk to people. I didn't really have like a, um, I had severe social anxiety. Um, and it was like, now that's all been lifted, which is just like mind blowing to me. Cause I didn't think that would ever happen. Honestly, you were the only person I could talk to for, for, you know, years. <laughs> um, but she's just given us, like a life back. She's made a lot of things clear for me. I have had a lot of just drama and like, especially family drama and shitty relationships with people that are supposed to care and love you. And like, I can love Bo so openly and endlessly that it just made, it made me realize that none of that makes sense. Like that kind of love isn't worth it because it's not real. Like I would do anything for her and anything. same for like our little family. I have this will to live where I want to take care of myself. I want to eat better. I want to, you know, do all the things that I can so that I can have more bows and so I can also be a part of all of, you know, more bows, uh, a part of her life. So I, it, the will to live is something that I don't think I've ever had uh, as much as I do now, which is something that I really am grateful for. And where are you at um, now when it comes to like accepting what happened to you, like the trauma of the assault? Like, I mean, I'm. I'm always telling myself, like, I want to change a thing. Bo is not a product of anything negative. The pregnancy might have been a product of this, but we manifested Bo. So there's no, I mean, I, I couldn't see my life without her. So like, no matter the amount of trauma that I did face from it, it's just, she, she's made up for anything and, and much more. Like, it's just, I, I had, I've come to terms with it happening. And I think it's something that you know, in my head, it's like, I would never want this to happen to my daughter. I don't want to live in any negativity. I don't want to live in any of these like feelings of hatred or resentment towards myself or, or anyone else. So I think it's almost like I put it in the past that it did happen. And it's something I, you know, have to live with, but also would advocate to other people. Like, I feel like I have to be more, you know, I was always kind of turning a blind eye to other girls, you know, going through similar things. And it's like, I have to, you know, be an advocate as someone who had this happen, but also someone who had a cryptic pregnancy that was caused by it. And also, you know, like a successful pregnancy. It's just kind of like looking into having a support system, but also being a support system for other women. And I think that's something that I never really thought that I could be. I mean, the, the whole entire thing brought you to your purpose. Yeah, it did. It did, and it brought me a new hope and a new, like just, I mean, it, yeah, a new dream, a new dream to be a strong woman, you know, role model for my daughter. I never want her to feel like she was, you know, a mistake or unwanted. Or, you no. know, like we would never not tell her because then it would be this big secret. And I had been not... ashamed of it for so long. That exactly. it was like, you know, no. I never need her to, to feel like we were hiding anything from her because we were ashamed of her. With all of the possible things that could have happened, the the fact that she bled for two days, the the no. just like the the underlying health conditions. Bo 
surviving. I mean, it is, yeah. it, it's a one in a billion. So when, when do you feel the most vulnerable with the other? When I'm emotional, because he's the only one that I'm emotional with, that's always when I'm the most vulnerable because I'm sharing that vulnerability with him. We're able to be our genuine selves, but not feel any judgment from each other. Yeah, that's like, that's one thing that I've never really like experienced. Like Sid sees me for everything that I am yeah. and not just like face value. You know, she, she treats me like the man that I am to her. However, she also understands that I'm coming from a place of dual experience. When do you think the other one is the most beautiful? All the time. <laughs> when August is, is the most confident, you know, when I see him really like beaming and, you know, proud of something because I think with his, with his family and with his life and, and everything, like, you know, when he's confident in himself, like fully is when I'm almost just like, you know, I see him and I'm like, hi, this is like, I love this, this version, like this part of you where you, you believe in yourself. Yeah. I love when Sid's uh, showing your, her art. She's like, it's like, she's got <laughs> such a, she's got such an artist mind. And if you only saw all of the different things that she can do with it, it's like, I don't understand it, but it's like, I, don't, I mean, I don't understand it in a sense where it's like, <laughs> how do you do that? Um, but, and then obviously like when you're with Bo, you know, like something changed. Bo really did, did complete me. I think she just, you know, took kind of all the bad like with her, but like brought in so much good. So can, each of you talk about why being in this journey with each other uh, together, why it's a good place to be. There's this endless growth that I can yeah. see with her that is just, you know, there's so many places we can go with each other. I just never, there's, there's never a dull moment, but there's never any like, it's also easy. It, yeah, it just, just feels so natural where it's, as I said, at the end of the day, the only person I want to talk to is him. There's <laughs> Bo. Uh, <laughs> she's a tiny baby. She's a tiny um, baby. There's, yeah, I don't know. And like, you know, before Bo, there, was, there, there really was this like, this meant to be factor. Yeah. That there, you couldn't really, I couldn't figure it out. And then when Bo came, it all made sense. When Bo was in the hospital, we had gotten some news that she is going to be a special needs child. Yeah. And that is, Crazy because not only are we parents, but we're parents of a kid who's going to require who a lot of special four or four physical therapy appointments a week. A week, like you know, you know, we're like, doing a lot. Everything that we've had in our lives to this moment is just like meant to be in this form that it's prepared us for the future. Every time that there's been almost a breaking point, you know, we're put together for together. a reason. I think, and and that like, you know, divinely favored, divinely tested, like we just. We just get through it together, and I think that we'll always do that. Incredibly beautiful. Whoa. <laughs> How do you feel now, and both of you, and you, with you're taking off your clothes? I really struggle with just my body image. I'm in a room full of beautiful people, and I'm standing <laughs> in front of very vulnerable. This is one of those moments, yeah. but uh, I'm glad that she's also next to me. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Yeah. yeah. But you are such an incredibly beautiful person. Yeah, you are. Like inside and out. Thank you. I just, I just have always believed in treating other people the way that you want to be treated. 
And you had to go through what you had to go through to get there. What's so wild is that you're embodying, now you're taking all of that and you're embodying it as a man. And that's what men need. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's really like mythological. For me, it seems so simple. And yet people are so like mystified by it. Yeah, every, every you know, girl that doesn't know that he is trans is always just like, oh, like, why, are, why isn't my boyfriend like you? Why aren't more men like you? Where can I find one of you? And he's just like, I mean, he's just brought so much good out of me that I didn't know was there. And I think that's, that's just been, you know, I wouldn't be this version of myself if he wasn't a part of it. You're each other's mirrors. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. We hope you were inspired by this episode. Until next week, that's it from me, Elisa. And me, Lily. If you were touched by this story, please take a moment to share this episode with any friends or family who could benefit from understanding that they are enough as they are. And if you agree that facades separate us and being radically honest brings us together, please help spread the movement for radical self-acceptance by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. Thank you again to Spring Health for supporting us and bringing our What's Underneath Pride series to life. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at stylelikeyou and at spring.health for more details on how you can be involved in sharing your story as part of our mental health awareness campaign and support one another in feeling less alone in our struggles. We can't skip ahead to a happy ending or live inside a photoshopped image or an Instagram filter. There's no finding oneself when glossing over the truth.